Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Menashe. This month, for the entire month of October, I'm working from the beautiful center of ancient Rome. This is one of the richest cities in the world in terms of history that's been preserved. Many of the artifacts of ancient Rome are on full display, including the Colosseum, the tomb of Augustus. The city is rich with fortifications dating back to medieval times and more recent buildings from the Renaissance period, including the Vatican. Rome used to be a walled city, and remnants of the ancient walls and the Roman aqueducts can be seen throughout the city. On today's show, we're taking a little walking tour of Rome and talking about real estate in this ancient city. We often think of major world cities like Rome, Paris, New York, London, Tokyo as the most expensive cities in the world, and a few of those cities rightly hold a title of having expensive real estate. But on a global basis, real estate in Rome is actually fairly inexpensive on a comparative basis. Like much of Italy, Rome faces economic challenges. The system of federal government is based on proportional representation. That means that in every federal election, the result is a coalition government involving several political parties. The result is often legislative gridlock. Very often, a coalition government results in a vote of non-confidence and the government falls. Even the most extreme elements of the political system have maintained a seat at the table and a voice in the national agenda. When you watch the news on TV, it's common to hear words like communism and fascism on a daily basis. We don't hear that typically in the U.S. or Canada. The labor unions also have a very powerful voice at the political table. So what does that have to do with real estate? Well, salaries are pretty low in Italy by North American standards. There's been an erosion of purchasing power over the years. As a result, the general population in Italy can't afford to spend a lot on housing, so they don't. Now, the cost of construction in Italy is high, having more to do with the method of construction than anything else. Everything's made out of concrete and stone, which is much more labor-intensive than wood frame construction that's common in the U.S. and Canada. The most expensive cities in Italy rent for about $1.50 a square foot on average. That's not very expensive by our standards. But you have to remember that even these low rents can represent a high proportion of a family's income. See, the cost of living in Europe is different than in North America. Many food items are relatively inexpensive. Things like fresh vegetables, they're less expensive and higher quality than what we see in the U.S. Fuel and electricity prices are more than double what we pay in the U.S. Energy is used much more sparingly. Fuel in Italy is about $9 a gallon or a little over $2 a liter. On almost all goods and services, there's a consumption tax of 22%. That's a retail sales tax. Needless to say, anything like an automobile or a refrigerator is going to be way more expensive just because of the tax. Durable goods in Europe generally are much more expensive than the U.S. or Canada. And I find the cost of goods to be double compared with the U.S. When you factor in the higher incomes and lower tax environment in the U.S., I estimate the overall household purchasing power to be more than triple in the U.S. Paradoxically, some items are less expensive, like, for example, clothing, which often comes from Africa and India, is very inexpensive. I usually buy most of my clothing in Europe. I find better selection, better quality, and better prices. So, back to Rome. I'm standing right now here in Piazza del Popolo. The name of the square, loosely translated, means the People's Square. Not surprisingly, it also happens to be the place where most large political gatherings take place also happens to be about 100 meters or 100 yards from where my family lives here in central Rome. 
So if there's a protest march, we will witness it first, and then we'll watch it again a few hours later on the evening news. And here in Rome on Saturday, there was a major protest against Italy's vaccine mandates and the Green Pass vaccine passport. There's a feeling that the pandemic has been politicized in the U.S. and Canada, and I can tell you that political discourse is happening all over the world, even here in Europe. Official government reports put the number of protesters at 10,000. The organizers of the protest put that number at 100,000, which I think is a bit exaggerated. I've seen lots of outdoor crowds, and I would estimate the crowd at no more than 15,000 at the maximum. But the protest was loud and turned violent. Hundreds of police were on hand in full riot gear. I also witnessed the use of water cannons to control the movement of the crowd. At one point in the afternoon protest, there were two very loud explosions, which I'm guessing were detonated by the police to disperse the crowd. After the official protest was over, several splinter groups broke away, attempted to storm the prime minister's office. Another group of protesters stormed the emergency ward of a local hospital, and they attempted to break into the intensive care unit. They were stopped before breaching the COVID ward. Effective October 15th, the Green Pass vaccine certificate will be required for all places of employment in the country, both public and private. The Green Pass is also required to board a domestic flight. So this square that we're standing in right now, the People's Square, Piazza del Popolo, continues since ancient times right up until today as a place for large gatherings. Throughout the centuries, the square was also the site of public executions. At the center of the square is an ancient Egyptian obelisk, a stone spire with carvings which came from Pharaoh Ramses II in the 12th century BC. It's easy to get complacent walking around Rome to, oh boy, here's just another 3,000-year-old monument fading into the background, hardly being noticed. Radiating out from the square are a number of famous streets. The first is Via del Babuino. This takes you to the famous Spanish Steps. This is where my family used to have an antique shop about one block from the Spanish Steps. The second street is Via del Corso, which connects to Piazza Venezia, another of Rome's main squares. And the third is Via Ripetta, which takes you in the direction of the Pantheon and Piazza Navona. There's frankly too many sites to mention in this podcast. Running through the center of the city is the famous Tiber River. It was the major source of water for the city of Rome during the Roman Empire. Over the centuries, when buildings were demolished, they would level out the ground and build something new on top. And the result is that the elevation of the center of Rome is much higher than it was in ancient times. For example, the Pantheon, which has been standing for nearly 2,000 years, was originally commissioned by Emperor Augustus and rebuilt about 100 years later by Hadrian. In those days, you needed to walk up the hill to reach the Pantheon. Today, the level of the city has risen is slightly higher than the Pantheon. You now actually walk downhill to reach the entrance of the chapel. With a few centuries buried beneath the city, the entire city is an archaeological site. The city, bordering the banks of the Tiber River, now stands about 50 feet above its original height. Getting around in central Rome consists of many pedestrian zones. The city's worked hard to eliminate traffic from the center part of the city. In these zones, electric rental scooters can be found on virtually every street corner. And while here, I've used them extensively if I'm in a hurry. A few streets are paved, and they're pretty good for a scooter. The majority of the streets are cobblestone streets and can definitely give your body a good shake and make your tea chatter if you're not careful. Purchasing real estate in the center of Rome is a legally complex process, and if you think a title report is complex in North America, you haven't seen anything until you've seen one from here. It's very common to have layers and layers of bureaucracy that put restrictions on what you can do with a piece of real estate, including 
making modifications to the building itself because many of these properties are considered historic properties. When it comes to purchasing real estate in the center of Rome, it's also not that expensive compared with the cost of construction. Often, these buildings sell for less than the cost of construction. The average sale price is around $250 per square foot, well below the cost of new construction. And that again points to the fact that salaries here in Europe are, are quite low by comparison to North America and it makes real estate relatively unaffordable. For those investing in Italian real estate bringing money from the West, properties here can seem like a bargain. So that gives you a little bit of a glimpse on my trip to Rome this month. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thank you.